Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. movie that came out a couple of years ago, or actually in the year 2000, it's more than a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, the characters, every character on that, in that movie had the last name Who, and uh, so uh, they lived in Whoville. Can anybody tell me the name of that movie? How the Grinch Stole Christmas, that's right. That's one of our uh, family favorites that we watch every year, my, my daughter especially, she makes sure that we watch that movie. And so uh, I want to say, you know, that movie's all about the Grinch who had a bad experience and was determined to ruin everybody else's Christmas. And I want to tell you that there's a spirit that tries to steal Christmas still. And that spirit is called the spirit of pride. Pride will try to destroy your life and it will try to destroy, destroy Christmas. Uh, matter of fact, I would say this, that one of the, one of the signs of, of pride is this. It's the sign that says this. It says, you know what? I do more for you than you do for me. Pride keeps score. Now, I want to tell you that if, you, if you're in this room and you say, well, I don't have a problem with pride, then you have a problem with pride. Amen. Right? And people all the time say, you know, I'm a real humble person. Well, as soon as you say that, you're not humble anymore, are you? Well, I want to tell you, it, it has gotten me many times in my life pride. And, and there's a warning about that. The scripture says pride comes before a fall and, and all of those things. Well, I want to tell you, uh, uh, several years ago when my children were, I think my son had entered the teen years and my daughter was a preteen, and it was my birthday. And they knew it was my birthday, and not one of them said, happy birthday, Dad. They didn't give me a card or anything. And I gave them till like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and Nothing. And I knew that, you know, they had funds in their little piggy banks uh, up there to get their dad a gift or to write a card. Nothing. So finally, I just want you to know that my pride arose, okay? When pride rises, nothing good happens. And so my pride arose, and I said, I said, oh, Tyler, Caitlin, I said, I want you to get your piggy banks. I want you to come down here. And so they come down, and I said, all right, we are going now to buy me a birthday present. Rhonda said, Jeff, you're kidding, aren't you? I said, no. She said, I'm not going. I said, well, we're going. I put, asked the kids to get in the car. I didn't ask them. I said, get in the car. And uh, they got in the car, took them to Target, and then I made them buy me a birthday present. About the dumbest thing any parent could do. To this day, they still remind me, Dad, you remember that time you made us buy you a birthday present? <laughs> uh, pride says... I do more for you than you do for me. Yes. And so today we, wanna, we want to uh, look at this passage of Scripture. Matter of fact, this Scripture is coming up on the screen. We don't have it in your program, so if you need to take a picture of it, you can. We're going to say it a couple times throughout the message, but I'd like for you to repeat it with me. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on, let's say it. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. In other words, when we become pride, guess what? We're not just working against people, we're working against God. 
When we have pride, in our, when we are prideful, when we, we let that rule our lives, guess what? Then all of a sudden we're working against God. But if we're humble, you know, if we, we, if we stay humble, then God is for us. And so you get to choose today, and you get to choose this Christmas, and you get to choose the rest of this holiday. Okay, am I going to be prideful and be against God, God working against me, or am I going to be humble and let God work with me and for me? And I want to tell you, that's a daily choice with me, and it's a daily choice with you because there's times that I still have that problem, and so do you, I'm sure. So I want to talk to you today about how to experience Christmas. As I said earlier, we are actually... Three weeks into December, we're only 10, what, 10 days, I think, away from Christmas, and some of us yet have not experienced Christmas. We've been hustle and bustle. So I want to talk to you today about that. Now, last week, we began this series called Here Comes Heaven, and I talked to you about the wise men in the Christmas story, and I want to go back to some of those same passages, but this time, I want to highlight someone else who that we're going to learn from uh, on how to experience Christmas. We're going to learn from their mistakes that they're made. And the name of that person is King Herod. Okay, King Herod. So we're going to talk about him. So let's get started. How to experience Christmas. Let me go and give you number one. Would you write this down? Number one, how to experience Christmas. Recognize when God is trying to get your attention. Recognize that. When God's trying to get your attention. Now notice we go into the story and look what it says here. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of who? King Herod. King Herod. That's right. King Herod. Magi. Okay, that's another word for wise men. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is to be born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and we have come to worship him. When who? King Herod. King Herod. That's right. King Herod heard this. He was what? Disturbed. disturbed. He was disturbed. And notice this. All of Jerusalem with him. Why, 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 why? It said that he was disturbed. I'll tell you the thing about King Herod, King Herod the Great was this, is that he did a lot of good things. He actually helped in Jerusalem. He helped lower taxes. He helped uh, the Jewish people rebuild the temple. He kept order in the city. He did a lot of good things like that. But the problem with King Herod was, is that King Herod was paranoid. He was very insecure and so that, therefore, he would do things, he would just go off at times whenever he thought that someone was trying to rise up against him. I mean, any little bit of gossip about somebody, and he'd get rid of them. And so that's why it says, when King Herod got disturbed, the whole city in Jerusalem got disturbed. Like, what's this freak going to do now? Like, let me give you for an example. He got the word somehow that his wife didn't like him anymore, and that she was going to try to take his kingdom. So he killed his wife, her mother, and then not only those, but three sons as well, three of his own sons. He had them murdered because he thought that they may try to take his kingdom. He was very, very paranoid, very, very paranoid about that. What's interesting to me is this, is that when God was leading the wise men to find the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, that God allowed that star to lead them right to Jerusalem. Remember we talked about the star went out at Jerusalem and Herod, or and the wise men went and knocked on the palace door of Herod and said, hey, where's the Messiah? Basically what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that even though Herod had been wicked and he'd done these horrible things, God had not given up on him. Isn't that good news? 
that God, even no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've experienced, the message is, is that God has not given up on you. Amen? Aren't you glad about that? Because some of your parents have given up on you, some of your co-workers have given up on you, some of your friends have given up on you, but God has never given up on you. That's the good news. And so we find that pride says this. Look what pride says. Pride says this. Pride, when it's fully blown, says, I don't need you. It says, I don't need you. That's exactly what King Herod said to his wife, his mother-in-law, his son. He's like, I don't need you. And when pride is, is at its height, it will, just, it will just get rid of you. Matter of fact, uh, I had a, a man in the first service after, come to me after the message. He said, you know what? I was a practice, practicing atheist for a long time. And he said, that was my number one line is that I didn't need it. He said, but I found I needed him. Amen. Amen. So pride, pride, when it's full-blown, says, I don't need you. Guess what? You become the Grinch when you're full of pride. But humility says, I'm indebted to you. I need you in my life. That's what humility says. Okay, on the screen, let's look at it again. Here's our verse. Let's read it again. You ready? Come on. God opposes the proud but gives gives grace to the humble. You get to choose which side of God you want to, do you want God with you or against you? Number two, how do you experience Christmas? Number two, here, oh, this is so good. Don't let God's good news become old news. (laughs) Boy, this is so good. Here we go, back into the story. Look, talking about Herod here, it says, when he had called together all the people's chief priests, and teacher of the law, he asked them where the Christ was what? To be born. Okay, where is he to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophets had what? Okay, so understand, the teachers of, of Herod's day, they were te- what were they teachers of? They were teachers of the Old Testament because that's all that had been written at that time. Remember, Jesus brought us into the New Testament. But the Old Testament, so they had read a passage of Scripture, which was out of Micah 5 and 2, and it declared this, what I'm about to read to you. They just quoted the Scripture. It says this. It says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. So basically, so they got the Bible portion that they had, the Old Testament. And let me just say this to you. What's, what makes the Old Testament so great is that, that there's hundreds of references about Jesus coming, the Messiah coming. And so that's what they were quoting from was those references in the Scripture. Now, Herod, Herod did not take them very seriously. Why? Because when they said, when they pulled out the Bible, when they pulled it out and said, oh, the Bible says, or God's Word says, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, Herod said, you know what? That's old news. That's old news, right? And when, when you, he begins to say, you know, that's coming from, from something that was written hundreds of years ago. That's old news. So Herod would not receive God's good news because he kept saying it's old news, right? And many people today are going to miss Christmas because they say it's old news. Never let God's good news become old news. 
What's amazing as well is this, is that the teachers of the law, the people that were teaching about Jesus and, and the ones who knew the scriptures and who told Herod exactly what the Bible said, God's word is said about the Messiah coming, guess what? They, they sat there too. They missed it. They missed the good news. Why? Because the good news had become old news to them. They had studied it so long. They had heard it so much that they really did not pay attention to it anymore. The good news had become old news. And then that what we, the risk that we run today is that we've heard about, the, I mean, we've heard about Jesus. We, we know Silent Night, you know, we know Mary and Joseph. And what can happen to you and can happen to me is this, is that we can allow the good news to become old news. And when you allow the good news, God's good news to become old news, it means nothing to you anymore. And I don't know where you are today. But I challenge you to never, ever, ever let this good news of a Savior that was born to you become old news. Amen. I still remember when he came to me. Matter of fact, just don't take my word for it. Remember the, the Christmas story, how that the shepherds were out in the field. Remember that? And when Jesus was born, look what the Bible says. Here it is. He says this. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for who? All the people. Today in the town of David, a what? Has been born to who? To you. He is Christ the Lord. A Savior has been born to you. Do you get that? A Savior has been born to you. He wasn't just born to Mary and Joseph. No, Jesus was born for you and for me, and he's here to save you. And you need a Savior. If you could save yourself, you wouldn't need a Savior. You don't need a salesman. You don't need a politician. You need a Savior. And I need a Savior, Jesus our Lord. You see, pride says, I've heard all of that before. I don't need a Savior. I've heard it all before. But humility, humility says, Jesus is still the good news. Amen. Jesus is still the good news. Why? Because he's still the Savior. He's still the Savior. A story I heard of a, of a little girl This little girl was at home one day when her dad come home. He was angry. And we're not sure about what. But he pulls out a gun and goes to her mother. And he shoots her mother right there. Kills her in cold blood. He takes the same gun. He turns it on himself. And he shoots himself and kills himself right there. It was a tragedy. A tragedy. But the worst part of the story is that the little five-year-old girl was standing there watching it happen traumatized by this event to say the least and there she was left she was adopted by a christian family and they took her to church and it was this time of year that they were at church and she went into sunday school and the sunday school teacher held up a picture of jesus it looked something like this and said, does anybody know who this is? And before anyone else could say a word, that little girl raised her hand up real high. She says, I know him. I know him. He's the man that helped me when my mom and daddy died. 
Jesus is still alive and he still moves today and he's still here as a savior of the world. And when you can't get to him, he comes to you. Yeah, hallelujah. Isn't that the message of Christmas? That we couldn't get to God, so God came to us? Jesus is still alive, and he's still moving. I had a man tell me, I told that story in the first service. He came to me after. He said, I want you to know, I was seven years old when I got the word my dad died. He said, but I want to tell you. He said, I'll, I'll go to my grave knowing this, that, that when, when that happened, I didn't know what to do. It shocked me so much. He said, but I heard a voice say, I'll be your father the rest of your life. He said, Pastor, I'm 76 years old, and he's been my father the whole life. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have a Savior. We have a Savior that's real. Today, I don't know where you are. Maybe you're living your life without a Savior. Maybe you say, I got this, I got this, I got this, but we know you really don't have it. Neither do we. And so we have to have a Savior. And I want to invite you today. Why don't you invite the Savior into your life? You say, Pastor Jeff, what does that mean? Well, listen, you will never know until you do it. Amen. It's like chocolate cake. You know what? And pecan pie. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! That's what I love about Christmas. My mother-in-law is going to make me a pecan pie. It depends where you're from. It can be pecan if you want it to be. I don't care. <laughs> But you know what? I remember being a child and I didn't know. They say, hey, taste this. Oh, no, I ain't tasting that. Oh, I don't like that. Don't look good. But one day I did something crazy. I said, I'm going to try this. And when I tried that pecan pie, I put that spoon in my mouth and all of a sudden, I don't know what she put in that thing, but my tongue almost beat my mouth to death. (laughs) And I could tell you all day long how good her pecan pie is. But until you taste it, you'll never know. And that's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Amen? Amen. So today I want to invite you. How do you do that? You just say a prayer. And you say, I don't know what to pray. We knew you'd be here. We want to help you out. There's a prayer in this this program right here that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Why don't you just make that your own? It means nothing, just words. But when when it comes from your heart, the Savior comes in. Amen, everybody? And that's you today. Why don't you just check the back of this card and let us know that you prayed that prayer so we can pray for you. All right, we're talking about how to experience Christmas. How to experience Christmas. Number three is this. Take the opportunity to experience God. Take the opportunity to experience God. Notice what happened. Then Herod called the Magi, again, wise men, Secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to where? To Bethlehem. Now, remember, Bethlehem from Jerusalem is only about six miles, six to eight miles, all right? It's not far. And said, go and make a careful search for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and and what? Worship. Worship him. Now, we don't know if that was his, we don't really believe that was his motive, but maybe it was. But he said, I want to go. You go send me where you go, and then you come back and let me know. Let me just say this to you. You can't send someone else to experience God for you. I don't care how good your grandma is and how godly she is. She just cannot experience God for you. You've got to go yourself. Amen? Amen? So he says, Herod had missed the opportunity 
An opportunity. This man had been, he had been longing for something to fill that hole in his life. And, and you see, Herod was trying to do this. Herod was trying to solve an internal problem with external things like the world could give, like power and, and women and, 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 you know, sexual things and, and all these things, that, that money that the world throws at you. He was trying to solve an internal problem. Let me just tell you something. You can never solve an internal problem with worldly things. It just doesn't work. And so he had this hole in his heart like he's missing something. And so he was invited to go, but he decided not to go. Six miles away, there he was. The Savior was going to be born. But he said, Herod said, I'm too busy to go. You go and let me know. Let me just tell you something. It's amazing how close God is right now to all of us. And the one thing that will rob us of his closeness is busyness. When we're too busy, just too busy, I want to challenge you to take a moment out, slow down, and experience Christmas. You know what? When you begin to do the work of God, you get the power of God. Many people say, oh, when God comes down and does this for me, then I'm going to go do this for him. It doesn't work that way, my friend. When you start doing something for God, then God shows up. He will never empower you until you need the power, and that's when you start doing it. Amen? Amen. And I want to tell you, I want to challenge you this year. As we, as we enter the new year, just a few weeks, 2020. Who in the world ever thought we would have got here, right? <laughs> Shoot, when I was younger, that was like aliens, right? Oh, in year 2020, and here we are, right? As we enter 2020 as a church, God has put in my heart that it's going to be our decade of destiny. That some of you have been praying for your spouse and they're going to come home to Jesus during 20, that decade. If Jesus doesn't return first, there's some of us, our children are going to come home to Jesus during that time. Our young people that are young people now are going to grow up and they're going to be, they're going to be leaders in our community and our church and our children are going to do greater exploits for God than we ever thought about in the year 2020. But I want to challenge you to get on board. And we do that with the, the entrance way on board is what we call growth track. We say growth track helps you get on track. And I want to challenge you that you can become a part of this decade of destiny with us. In January, make it your first New Year's resolution is to go to growth track if you haven't. As a matter of fact, you can just check on the back of your card here on where it says sign me up. Just check growth track. We'll send you information. So you know what pride says is? Pride says somebody else can do it. Humility says, here I am, God, send me. Pride says somebody else can do it. But humility says, here I am, God, send me. Here I am, send me. On the screen, it's coming up again. Let's say this, this verse again together. James 4, 6. Let's say it. You ready? God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, I hope by now that you begin deciding the, which side of that you want to be on. Because remember, you know, the scripture says, when I, when I exalt myself, I'll be humbled by God. When I humble myself, I'll be exalted by God. So you get to choose. The fourth thing I'd like to share with you today is this. How to experience Christmas is number four, is exchange your anger for God's grace. Exchange your anger for God's grace. Amen. Some of you are going to miss Christmas in this room right now because you're angry. 
You're angry. You're mad. And you're going to miss it. Look what the Bible says here. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was what? Furious. Furious. And he gave orders to what? To kill. Notice that. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. What causes anger is pride. Pride is the number one cause of anger. This definition of anger says anger is a, the emotion you feel when you, you the anger is the emotion you feel when you're not being treated with what you consider appropriate respect. When you can, what you consider appropriate respect. Herod, Herod felt disrespected. He told those guys to come back and they didn't come back. They went another way. And he felt disrespected. And when when Herod's pride rose up, guess what? When his pride rose up, he tried to get even. He said, I'm going to get even. And guess what he did? He He set an order. And there was a massacre in Bethlehem of trying to kill the Messiah. You see, when you're full of pride, you want to get even. But I want to tell you, pride kills and grace heals. Giving grace. What is God's grace? What is grace? Grace is, is giving someone something that they don't deserve. Amen. That's what God did for you, and that's what he did for me, right? Grace is giving someone what they don't deserve. You know, th- listen, in a few weeks, you're going to gather with some relatives that you don't like. Mm-hmm, right? Oh, yeah. There's that brother-in-law that you can't stand. I got one myself. Somebody asked me, said, Pastor Jeff, you know, your brother-in-law probably might watch this online or something. I said, well, I just tell him I'm talking about the other one. (laughs) It wasn't you, it was him. (laughs) You know, and and here's here's what I have to determine, is that I have to practice grace in my family. And I said, you know, because grace is giving somebody what they don't deserve. What they deserve from me is to tell them exactly how it is. Listen, it's time for you to sit down and shut up. I've heard enough. Shut up. We're going to have a good Christmas whether you like it or not. Shut up. Don't you feel like doing that sometimes? I'm, I'm sorry. I got angels among me. Matter of fact, I got a chill from all your wings flapping. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm the bad one here, okay? So it, it's me. But this is what I determine, is that I can give grace at family reunions. Because it's only one hour and I'm getting out of there. <laughs> right? For one hour, you can say what you want to say, do what you want to do, and I'm going to go, Yes, yes, yeah, 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 I'm going to give you what you want to deserve, don't deserve. But after that clock strikes at one hour, I got to go. My grace has run out. <laughs> and I got to get out before something bad goes down, right? I'm being funny with that and facetious. But the truth of the matter is, 
pride kills, when I got to fight for my right, grace heals. In our story, The Grinch, the end of the story, we find that Cindy Lou Who actually was the one who extended grace to the Grinch that his heart began to heal. Today, we're going to celebrate the one who extended grace to us. You've been given a cup. There's a cup there. I'd like you to take it out, everyone. If you don't have one, you can raise your hand. Our ushers have some. They'll be glad to give you one. So you just keep your hand up. You've been given a cup and this is a reminder of God's grace how gracious he was to you and to me I want you to go ahead and take that tab and I want you to pull it back and I want you to take the bread and Jesus said to the people his followers he said this isn't going to make sense right now but one day it's going to make sense because you're going to remember what I've done for you Do you know that Jesus, not only was he born in a manger, but he endured a cross? Do you know what that means? He took your, he took, God took his anger out on Jesus instead of you. He took your whipping for it, for you. So right now, as we take this wafer, let's remember what the Lord has done. Father, we thank you. Would you pull the next tab back? This is grape juice. But Jesus told his disciples, he said, I want you to take this in remembrance of me. Remember that it was my blood that was shed instead of your blood. Would you take the juice right now remembering the Lord Jesus? Father, we thank you so much sending your son Jesus we just thank you and today we realize that if we take our last breath on this earth that we will see you as soon as we as soon as we take that last breath here we'll take our first breath there and we thank you for that amen hi this is pastor Jeff again I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.